freemusic.com. Hello and welcome to the Hack Inc. podcast. We're hack and we mean business. TM Art, business, business art TM. This is Gareth Lyons. Um, I think what I've been doing for the past few weeks now is doing an hour long more in-depth thing and then doing a micro episode and uh, I'm actually quite enjoying that format so I might keep that just so I can get a better researched hour or more in-depth discussion and then just kind of parse out the thoughts that I have uh, the rest of the while. Um, Not joined by Cav. Uh, He's dead to me no I don't know he's not dead to me <clears throat> if it sounds a bit strange it's because I'm in my friend's house I'm looking after his beloved cat who's given me several scratches and uh, there's I don't know neighbours upstairs who are a little bit anxious about sound so also I'm on my portable microphone my Yeti I have a Yeti um, in case anybody wants to be doing any pods they're okay they're quite reliable this is the one I take on the road thing I feel about my brain is that it only works half as well as I want it to. Uh, the problem with making podcasts is just feel like people aren't going to hear it. So you end up trying to quantify everything that's coming out of your mouth in case you're put on the record. But also I feel like making definitive statements so I look like I know what I'm talking about. Not to mention you want to keep the thing going so you just have to keep talking. You just have to say things and then hope that it comes together in the edit anyways. But anyway, as I was saying, listening back to the episodes, uh, it can be some ordeal because I hear a thing things that I said which I don't really agree with or I'd slap an asterisk on it and I really want to flesh out my thoughts a little more. I said on last week's episode at the start that I thought that there was a thing encouraged in colleges where people were forced to be more general animation creatives and not to specialise. Uh, I also kind of said that that's kind of changed a little bit now. Um, I mean, when I was there, you kind of had to do everything in the film, but I've heard that that's kind of changed a bit as well and that you you know help chip in and help out in other people's films and there's more encouragement in that way but anyway anyway i digress yet again i digress within the digression so um you know basically what i mean to say is uh what i said in that kind of bugged me and i just wanted to clarify that a bit more i think it is the role of a college to give you a fully rounded experience and try out every aspect of production to see which suits you best but i think the emphasis was weird there was a very strange divide and conquer attitude when i was in college like i remember them saying to us on one day that we were all going to be competing with each other for jobs so it was nice to see that we were getting along so well Um, That attitude kind of pervaded the course. You know, I remember hearing that friends were applying for jobs, but they hadn't told anyone in the year who might be eligible because they were worried that they mightn't get it if somebody in our year applied. Uh, If there were problems with lecturers, people just wanted to keep their head down and look after their own ends. Uh, I mean, the latter is fine because you don't want to get into people's dramas sometimes, but I guess my problem with all that was that there was no collaboration. Um, So, yeah, to go into another digression here, there was a year below me and they were just incredible and they were best friends with each other and they produce some amazing work. They all have jobs now, as far as I know, and they all keep at their personal projects. And I don't think it's any secret why, because I remember I was moving out of a house and I had to go over to collect some things from this apartment where a big collection of their year lived. Um... They dubbed this house the Anna Mansion, and sure enough, I walk in, and they're all sitting in their pajamas, drinking whiskey and drawing while watching the Goonies, you know? The place was usually full a lot of the time in the evenings, because it was close to the college, and they just brought everyone over. 
Um, that's what I kind of wanted to say then by that jack of all trades, master of none thing I was getting at. Independent, self-directed learning has its values when it's used properly, but by itself, it just can't work, As far, in my opinion. Films are a collaborative process, and animation is even more collaborative than film, I, I would say. Uh, you need to be meshing ideas together. If you're aiming to be the filmmaker supreme, then you're going to have a tough time, because if you fail at any aspect, you just beat yourself up like I did. Um, it's good to have the whole training of an animation crew, but you are not a whole animation crew onto yourself. There are people like that. I, I know that there are. You know, Cav is one of them. Wherever he is, please, I, I, you know, we just want him to come home safe and sound. But, uh, you know, there are people like that, but don't write yourself off if you're not that. Okay. Another thing about not collaborating is that you don't form bonds. You know, it makes people quite solitary to the point that it prevents kind of a collective response to things. Um, there was a bunch of times within college where there was facilities and things that we needed, but people were kind of more content to keep their heads down to try and just plow through the year, get my film, get out the other end, get my job. I mean, that's fine. And I can kind of respect that to a certain degree. But um, that attitude doesn't just end at college then because then you get out the other side and you're in the animation industry and, you know, there's people who will exploit you. And um, I just think that it's better to be working together and to kind of have a communal knowledge of everything that's going on so that, you know, you're not taken for a fucking ride, basically. Um you know, basically, we, we not only need to be more sociable and more open to sharing stuff with people, but also, um, you know, be there for people to help them with any problems that they're having in so that we can help each other to have a stronger, better industry overall. Okay. Um, also, we've got some, we got a lot of emails on that last podcast that were very supportive and the hits were pretty good. Usually we get like 12 per episode. This time we got like fucking 115. It doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, people are sitting down for an hour listening to us shite on, so it's not bad either. Um, but that's not the email I want to talk about today. The email, oh no, good, open up my emails. All right, we got an email uh, from Aidan McAteer. It was about our Frameworks podcast. Um, I'm going to read it out. It is a little long, but, you know, it's the first email we got, so fuck it. Uh, well, I mean, we've got a few emails, but, I mean, not anything that's been launched into a discussion. Very thanks, thanks very much for any of the emails coming in, especially the complimentary ones. Hi Gareth, hi Aiden. I was just listening to your Frameworks podcast with Jess there, great stuff. It's good to hear someone voice their opinions and making a call to action. Has there been any follow-up? Uh, Aiden says, I did a Frameworks about five years ago. Overall, I enjoyed the experience and it is important to acknowledge that this is essentially free money. Uh, regarding the issues raised, I guess I feel maybe you're being a bit harsh on the film board. They're trying to engage with directors. Anna have had two meetings about the Frameworks in the last 18 months. We're dealing with a, st uh, a state body here, so change comes at a glacial pace so I understand your frustration I wonder if a history of frameworks podcast might be an interesting topic and might also help shed light on the system in terms of having an established producer for example I hear stories sorry in terms of having an established producer for example I hear stories that when the scheme began they did write checks to individuals the money then got spent but the films never got finished or materialized they're dealing with taxpayers money so it's fairly understandable that this couldn't happen again I think they see having an established production company as a way of 
guaranteeing at least something is produced. I have heard of, in recent years, examples still though, where a company is formed for the production of the frameworks if the producer has a few credits under his slash her belt. Uh, in terms of time I'm not so critical about that the film board has slots to fill at the Galway Film Fla this is one of the only strings attached to the funding however when filmmakers does that's when, however when filmmakers do miss deadlines there is never that I know of any repercussions for this the filmmakers seem to get another chance so aren't blacklisted or have the project taken from them etc so essentially you do have unlimited time I understand your point about different techniques taking more time but I think this is really about uh, more money to keep the production going for a longer time not necessarily in the one year deadline anyway you made some good points and if you're organising an information session or anything and I can be of any help let me know sure I'll probably see you at the next night whatever this is me. <laughs> keep up the good podcasting thank you Aiden. Uh, I really appreciate that so yeah in response to the follow up you know has there been any follow up I, I, I'm going to basically paraphrase my email back to Aiden, make it a bit more conversational um um, I basically tell them that there hasn't been any follow-up but that the reaction and people we've spoken to have been uh, has have and has been very positive uh, I'm thinking of things I could do uh, like starting a producer database on the Hack Inc. website what do people think of that? Um, get in touch with us at info at wearehackinc.com um, I think it would be um, a great thing to have actually because there's a lot of people I know who kind of went into producing but I also think there's a lot of people who don't know that producing is an option because you know they're in um, college and obviously the focus is right, rightfully so I'd say on you know the creative aspect of it but um, yeah that is an option with producers and I feel like you know people need producers and there are people who feel they make good fit as producers so maybe you know a list of producers uh, would be good I did find one on um, Screen Ireland but it wasn't first of all uh, pet peeve um, animation was under genre cue uh, Brad Bird clip I'm not hunting it down just look it up yourself animation is not a genre um, but yeah the places on that were kind of um I didn't recognize some of them and it wasn't very comprehensive and I feel like it could be uh, a bit better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's hardly the film board's fault necessarily. Um, but, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch, I'll just put together, uh, a, you know, some list of producers. No matter if you have no credits uh, at all, just get in touch and we can start getting like a database of people together. Because like I was saying earlier, collaboration is king. Um, yeah, I so say maybe we can have a conversation with them on the pod if I'm feeling brave enough. Oh, God, help us. Um, so next paragraph of... Uh, Aiden's email which I respond to um, basically admitting that yeah I was a little harsh on the film board but it was out of a genuine frustration you know um, I can only really make an argument with the information that I'm given and I don't really have a lot of information you know um, I mean this is a good way I think maybe with a podcast to open up some sort of dialogue even with fellow creators to try and figure out more uh, one of the things actually as well that was mentioned to me by our good pal uh, Pork Fagan was that actually you can request feedback from the film board uh, I don't know what happened with our application then whether that um whether that was an option or not I can't remember but um either way like if I missed it and uh, you know th that's my mistake so I'll, I'll gladly take the hit for that but um but I think that 
you know, that is the main thing is that you, you end up playing email tag with a lot of people and, it, you know, anybody who's been applying for jobs in the past few years and, you know, sending off the applications that are like 10 pages long, etc. And then, you know, maybe getting a few sentences back of like, you know, oh, sorry, uh, we either we can't get back to everybody or your application was not successful and wish you all the best in the future. We'll keep it on file. Yeah, keep it on file. Like anybody gets back to something that gets on file, whatever. All I'm saying is that the, some people don't even have automated messaging things back. Like I applied for a job at a cinema and I got a fucking rejection letter. I don't think it's beyond the pale to expect it from bigger companies. That's a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I kind of got off on a tangent, but what I'm trying to say is that you know you can get bogged down with this email exchange this back and forth and it is a glacial pace but I don't see why it has to be so fucking slow um, I understand that I don't un- know the inner workings of these things but like I mean you know he mentioned in the email that there was two meetings in what was it two meetings in the space of almost a year and a half or you know and they t- or whatever and they take however long to organize and I just feel like it needs to be faster I mean like um, but I respect the point and like I said I might not know what the fuck I'm talking about and you know I really appreciate somebody calling me out on it and please if anybody else wants to call me out on it as well I would welcome it because I, I want to understand more about it because I want the film board's fucking money um, yeah so the next thing I say to him is I think you're bang on I wasn't considering the considering the aspect where you're dealing with state money Uh, I'll bring this up on the next podcast. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, Would you mind me reading out some of this letter? And obviously he said uh, he'd be fine with it. So fingers crossed. uh, He likes what I've done with it, butchering it up. But yeah, that is like, you know, a a thing to bring up, which is, you know, it is state money and you kind of tend to forget that. But, you know, um, yeah, point well made. I'll I'll take that as well. You know, you got to be more careful with that stuff. So I can understand it, but um, at the same time, I guess there's not a lot of applications going in. So you know, something else needs to be figured out. And um, it doesn't mean you just write a check to people, but um, you know, like just cut a check without any checking up on them at all or whatever. Like the old days you mentioned in the previous email. But um, I think that there's probably some happy medium to work out um, to kind of test out untried talent. Yeah, um, History of Frameworks podcast, great idea. Uh, I'm going to try and get in touch with some people and, um, you know, see if, just get a breakdown of it. I heard Steve Woods uh, was involved, so maybe we'll get old, old, old Woodsy on um, to talk about things. So in regards to the deadline, uh, I admit that I didn't really know what I was talking. I was kind of parroting parroting what somebody else had been telling me. Um, Now, I'm just going to read verbatim what I wrote because, you know, it's the only way I know how to fucking say it. In many instances, you have to make the deadlines to unlock certain batches of funding. And I think this person was having trouble reaching them with their film. Um, You know, you're kind of having to juggle full-time work uh, to, you know, keep your you know studio afloat let's say and you're trying to meet these deadlines which can be difficult um i think if the money were increased that would definitely help but in a creative sense um you might be forced to making decisions that would otherwise negatively impact the film just to reach the deadline uh, for the fla you know i think it's not wrong to percolate on things a little longer especially when you're in a such a time consuming medium 
Um, so yeah, anybody who has any objections with that, please do email in again. Again, I, I'm I am literally taking information from other people and spewing it back out there because my involvement with the framework scheme has been. Um, so yeah, last thing I say is I think I'm going to try and organize an information session closer to the next submission date, uh, maybe around the next announcement. I don't even know how it comes about, but let's say September um, and we will maybe try to link in with Screen Ireland and see what we can do, even if it's just a panel where you get people who have successfully gotten the, the fund before and talk to them about their application. That would be handy. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, uh, that's my response to Aiden's email. Uh, thanks again, Aiden, for sending that in. Hope that, you know, you found that fair enough. Uh, I found yours fair. I, I, I genuinely think you're, you're bang on the money. Um, but, uh, yeah, more dialogue. This is great. Please more. Uh, so what else is on my episode seven list? I just found out about Glassdoor. I don't know if anybody else knew this, but, you know, Apparently it's a place you can go to get kind of animation jobs and notices and stuff like that. There is nothing too um, too basic that I probably won't know what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I'm just like too stupid to know what's going on. So if you knew about Glassdoor already and you're going, oh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, sorry. Fucking sorry. All right, another point of odor, Lisa Stinks. I'm going to try starting yet another hack-related enterprise. Uh, this one is going to be a kind of small Facebook group for whoever wants in. Could be a private Facebook group, could be a Google Hangout, or it could be a WhatsApp. So let me know what you think. Um, just going to break the idea down a little bit. To my unemployed masses or aimless creatives out there, I present to you the Hackcentive Club. Uh, this is a group designed to encourage people to meet self-imposed deadlines, as I am very bad at that. So we meet up every two weeks, either in a physical location, online, or both, and we just talk over what we're working on. This can be literally anything. Uh, animation, writing, songs, comics, GIFs, applications for funding, grad films, grad films, anybody out there looking at you, LSAD, my, uh, my boys and girls down there in um, Clonmel. Somebody email and, and tell me what the whole thing is with Clonmel, LSAD. Um... There's some amazing people coming out of there, and I haven't been able to figure out the the difference between the two yet. Uh, and I, I want angry emails because that's not on from me. Okay, so literally anything basically that you have that you're working on, come and um, you know you get feedback, a wall to bounce ideas off of, or even just an an incentive to make a deadline. Um, let me know if you're interested. Let me know times that work and let me know platforms that work and we'll get something set up. The email is info at wearehackinc.com and our handle is at wearehackinc. Get in touch. All right. So another thing that the analytics showed me um, was that people were searching for, I don't know how it showed me this, but I, I noticed apparently there was an uptick in people searching for David O'Doherty afterwards because I realized I mentioned, I think I might have mentioned a David O'Doherty podcast. Um, obviously, I didn't want to reveal it in the last one because it would be a whistle while you work disaster to have two back to back, imagine. But um, the podcast was uh, with Pete Holmes. I think he's uh, You Made It Weird podcast, an incredibly insufferable man. Um, I, his laugh is like fucking needles in your brain 
and um, he you know depending on what mood you catch him on his podcast he can just steamroll over any interesting guest um, you only played Kimmy Schmidt I don't think he let her get a word in edgeways but um, the David O'Doherty podcast was phenomenal it was three and a half hours long and it's them just shiting on and about anything to do with uh, comedy and also David gets in some stuff about Ireland and growing up in Ireland and depression and that one was it, I would really recommend it um, another great You Made It Weird is both of the podcasts I think it was two it might be more with uh, Harris Whittles who's uh, gone too soon R.I.P. pour one out for a real one um Harris Widows was a former writer on Parks and Rec. I think he eventually became a producer. And uh, unfortunately, he died in about 2014, I think. Uh, very sad. And um, he um, was it's just a very funny man. Um, really my cup of tea anyway. I, I heard him. Um, I'm not a, I don't like comedy bang bang, but... Um, I, I would listen to YouTube compila compilations of him on Comedy Bang Bang doing Harris's Foam Corner, um, which I would highly recommend. Um, I've just mentioned two podcasts. What a fucking disaster. Now I won't have anything for Whistle While You Work. So anyway, David O'Doherty on Pete Holmes, three and a half hours of, oh, mwah, magnifique. And... Um, the Harris Whittles as well all these good one too so yeah go for that another correction that I wanted to make and uh, we talked about cars and it was like what inspired them to make cars um, I forgot in the heat of the moment that car ha cars has uh, some of the most lucrative merchandising of any Pixar film which actually kind of shocked me because you know I mean it's fucking cars uh, finally, I just want to close up uh, this little mini episode with something that really grinds my gears. Uh, see, this episode was going to be out yesterday, but then I got sidetracked spending the day being annoyed at an article I read. Um, sent to me by the one and only Fiacre Hackett, True Blue Hack It. Uh, I think he knew I'd get super annoyed with it, and he was right on the money. Um, so, it's an article on thetimes.co.uk and it's about the new giant animation series on YouTube called Sherwood. Um, no, nothing against the show because it actually looks amazing. It's a future dystopian retelling of Robin Hood. Um, way to go. And it's on, you know, this new YouTube streaming service. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. But the title of the article, Studio Rue's Lack of Young Artists, Oh, man. I'll read a bit of it now so you don't have to subscribe, okay? The opening paragraph. Irish animation studios need to seek international talent because there are too few homegrown artists. One of the team behind a new series based on Robin Hood has said. Uh, the article further goes on. I'm paraphrasing just to start here. Um, Giant execs said that 120 people from around the world worked on the series at their Dublin office. Quote, on the education side of animation, it's growing every year in Ireland, but there's just not enough output of artists. 20 to 30% of the production team are Irish-based. Then we recruit elsewhere, he said. The good thing about Irish... Uh, pff, the good thing about Ireland is because we're based in Europe, we get access to all the European talent. This sentiment drives me crazy, and it comes up every time Irish animation gets into the spotlight. China are only the latest offender, though. Brownbag Boulder and even our lord and saviour, Cartoon Saloon, are all on point. 
Put simply, there is plenty of homegrown talent. There are plenty of Irish artists. These are there are amazing creatives graduating every year. You know. Uh, now this could easily be someone angling the article to give it a negative spin because it sure got me to click anyway <laughs> um, more so than you know Irish animation in boom time the opening paragraph doesn't cite a direct quote it just says that they have to go further afield because they need more artists fair enough um, I th- like I said I think there's a lot of artists here but you know you can't deny the people in France are fucking amazing um, and all the other you know countries as well but France in particular let's be honest with ourselves um, on the education side of animation, it's growing every year, it said. Uh, well, you know, uh, we had our episode last week about that. Uh, we might have some more. We'll have some more to go. Uh, but it says, but there's just not enough output of artists. So, like, out- artists, what does that mean exactly? Like, one, what are you, these people looking for exactly? You know, there are plenty of Irish artists out there. I've seen tons of amazing people submitting to Hackfest each year. So I just know they exist and find this frustrating, you know. But the next paragraph kind of shifted into focus a little bit more. The good thing about Ireland is because we were based in Europe, we get access to all the European talent. Now, that is a true producery statement. Producers are necessary, so I'm not dismissing that at all. Um, And there are great producers, obviously, as well. Um, but I'm just simply saying that producers in many respects are looking for assets and people who can work on a production smoothly and kind of enter into this pipeline, you know. Um, so the dreaded two plus years of experience. Uh, experience is something graduates just don't have, you know. Um, that notwithstanding, as we mentioned on the last episode, there's a tremendous gap between college and industry where people are being trained in already obsolete programs. Once again, what needs to happen is more conversations between the studios and third level education. So people can be able to meet the needs of the studios better, but also get trained up in useful techniques to make their own stuff. Because there's a reason these studios use it is because they're more intuitive kind of, you know, programs. I mean, obviously not for like mixed media stuff that you want to make yourself. You know, this could take the form of lecturers and studios talking closely, or it could be studios talking with students directly uh, if they're having trouble reaching people, as we mentioned in last week's episode. Um, IEDT Animation have a Facebook group, as do most colleges. They're dying to talk to people. Get some open days going, have people come in, get acquainted maybe, do drink and draws. Cav's got another one coming up. Come home, we miss you. I'll link it below. Um... Here's another thing. Set up shared password protected folders with production content and files so students can see your models and content and kind of get to grips with them. And if you're already doing that, um, I personally wasn't receiving stuff like that. So get in touch with students directly. Um, more work experience for college uh, for colleges, like my peeps down in LSAD in Clonmel. Woo! Either way, I'd say, like, put in a bit more effort instead of throwing shade at recent graduates, you know? It's hard coming out of college and sending out 12 million emails to no response when you get to pay three grand to live in a cupboard. Studios never have time to give feedback on work and still have the gall to complain about a lack of talent. These people showed up, they went to college, they paid the fucking fees and they went to animation skill net classes. I mean, I had a TV show and I still can't get anyone to give me any more than a we wish you all the best in your future endeavours. How many articles or interviews do you see with studios saying they started off working in their mom's kitchen because the college threatened to shoot them if they ever came back to the premises? There's always these rags to riches stories where a bunch of dummies who didn't know any better managed to make it big, but yet still, there's a lack of talent in Ireland, there's a lack of artists. 
I know I'm being harsh and I'm probably getting a little too mad, but that's because I take it personally. You know, this is a PSA to any studio who says stuff with that sentiment. Please stop. Please stop saying that. Being unemployed and broke with expensive rent is hard enough without people acting like your work doesn't matter. All right, that's it for me. Um, yeah, I'm a bit friggin' tired. Um, so maybe this podcast was sleepier than the last. Um, we'll have another one for you next week. Hoping it's going to be a good one. We we'll have, may have a, another guest on. Um, I got I got one lined up that I'm very pleased with. So uh, watch this space. Listen to this space. All right. Thank you. Bye. This is Derek Mooney. Bye. Well. I wanted you to play this song, and it turns out you don't have this song. No, there isn't a good recorded version of this song. And I, I'm thrilled that you're willing to play it, because it's. You, I heard you play it at Christian Shaw's wedding. Yeah. And then I heard you play it here on TV, and the fact that you're willing to come by the room again and play it is wonderful. Here's my... I'll play the Tylenol PM. Don't please don't please. I wouldn't do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to turn it into a jam. You're going to start jamming it out. I would never do that. Um, okay. <laughs> this is called... Uh, we have a day after tomorrow, so I've just done six in a row, so my voice is a bit like this. So I'll sing it in a key that doesn't... That sounds beautiful. It's called Life. <laughs> I'm just stopping because one of your neighbours is taking a poop there. Yeah, it's the this. upstairs poop. <laughs> I've gotten to know that quite well. Yeah. Okay. Life. 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 Lifey. Lifey. Life. 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 Shit. Serious uh balls. Oh no, actually it's okay. Oh no, it's not. Oh god, no, not this again. Really? No, no. Oh. And then you die. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. But it's a sort of marathon that you have to sprint. And there's hurdles and weights to lift and cycling and archery. Life is basically the Olympics, but at the end you don't get a medal. You die. Life is like a long journey in a car with no sat-nav or map or idea of where you're going or why. And that car is a 1991 Toyota Corolla. You've Toyota Corollas in America. Where you have to leave the hot air on to make the lights work. It's very complicated. Avril Lavigne was right. Here, do you call a reusable um, shopping bag? Do you call that a bag for life? No. No, okay, at home. Well, just to alert the listeners, that's called a bag for life. Okay. I think this verse. Life. What are you? Are you just the accumulation of obsolete mobile phone chargers and reusable shopping bags? Current total, nine of one, almost 40 of the other. I will never need that many shopping bags in my entire life. And now they're all stuffed in one cupboard together. When I go to take one out, they all avalanche down on top of me, leading to a situation where they could actually suffocate me. Ironic to be killed by a bag for life. <laughs> life is like going out with Amelie. From the movie Amelie. From a distance, it seems like it should be really fulfilling and satisfying. But actually, on a day-to-day basis, it's quite annoying. Hey, Amelie, 
Could you sort out the direct debit for the internet company? No, because I got a piece of paper and I made it into a boat and I put it on the river. Oh, Jesus, Emily. Hey, Emily, could you go and get some milk for the coffee? No, I will buy us a cow. Oh, fucking hell, Emily. This is adorable for the first six months. It's sort of quirky, but now it's a real pain in the arse. Life. Life is hard, you know, it's just not said often enough. It's always in songs, it's a beautiful day, I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> All songs should have to have some reference from now on to life being hard within the song. All songs. Happy birthday to you. Ugh. Happy birthday to you. Because ultimately the rate of prostate cancer in men over the age of 85 is 100%. An actual specialist cancer doctor told me that recently. One of Ireland's leading specialists. It's just the cancer is benign in some men. Ah, cancer. Because no one talks about it being hard, I think you then think... You're the only one who finds it hard. I bet everyone finds it equally hard. Even people who outwardly seem really content and satisfied. I bet once a year, even Roger Federer is sat at a change of ends. And he looks down at his banana in one hand and his fancy carbon fibre racket in the other. And he looks up at the umpire in the high chair. And he sees the ring of giant novelty tennis balls around the top of the Stad Roland Garros or whatever stadium it is. And just for a moment, I bet even Roger Federer thinks to himself, I'm 31 years old. Seriously, what the fuck am I doing with my life? This is basically just a game. Like Hungry Hungry Hippos or Kerplunk. Did you have Kerplunk? One with marbles? Good. Don't get me wrong, there's brilliant bits. Like when you see something you haven't seen for a while. You get drunk unexpectedly or you... You do drunk cycling or you read a book that's incredible or you listen to an unbelievable podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you do an incredible show. You go to an incredible show. But very often you go back outside again. You find that someone set your bike on fire. That actually happened to me recently after a charity gig I was doing. Why would you set my fucking bike on fire? How do you even set a fucking bike on fire? They must have brought petrol or lighter fluid into the city to specifically let light bikes on fire. And it was raining. Oh, Dublin. Somewhere over the rainbow. Bet life is just exactly as hard as it is on this side of the rainbow and on that side you can't even see the bloody rainbow it's like an optical illusion caused by water meeting light at a specific angle and who knows maybe it's even more homophobic on the other side of the rainbow so let's just stay on this side and let's all of us even just for today let's just try and have a bloody nice time yeah? neighbors give us the sound of a flushing toilet and we give them a show <laughs> David O'Doherty I'm going to bed I can't talk anymore thanks oh, God, I've had a hard time laughing we've both lost our voice at this safe festival trip, safe trip back to America yes I can't wait to see you again and we'll do it oh, <laughs> that's the demo <laughs>